Tommy, Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode eight, Dress to Kill. Tom, how the hell are you? Zeus, what's happening? Kiss Army, good evening. What's up? Well, not too much going on. Uh, just living the dream, buddy. Um, what's going on in the Kiss world? Well, we got a we have a couple uh, a couple tidbits. Nothing huge, as as we say every week. The tour is rolling along. Um, and everything's going great with that. But there is one piece of news that kind of slid under the radar. We found out about this, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'll be anxious to see what, what you think about it. And I'm actually shocked by it, to be honest with you. There was actually a change in the set list. Um, they actually pulled out Hide Your Heart and replaced it with Calling Dr. Love. Did I not call that? You did. Didn't I say, yeah, maybe they'll go, okay, we'll play the, but I figured when, what they would do is um, take out like hide your heart and replace it with a kind of a newer um, non makeup song, like play tears are falling. Yeah. Or they would play take me instead of calling Dr. Love or something like that. Yeah. I actually, actually, I didn't think they were going to play take me. So I don't know why I said that, but you know, replace calling Dr. Love with another makeup song. Right or something like that, and I figured they would go one, you know, back and forth. I think they picked up on it from reaction, but if you think about it, if Paul is really doing his singing, right? Why didn't they do what we talked about in the beginning when we talked about this? Let Paul sing. I'd rather hear a couple more Gene songs, mm-hmm. and Paul do a good job on his songs than Paul struggling. Because he had to play Hide Your Heart or Tears Are Falling. Yeah, I'd rather hear calling Dr. Love than that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the change in the set list is two reasons. I think, A, I think people were probably falling asleep during Hide Your Heart or they would go, that was their bathroom break. And and the band was probably like, wait a minute. And uh, the other big thing that you just said, I think giving Paul a break and giving Gene another song. And not only that, too, I didn't even realize this until I looked at the set list. Before they made this change, they had nothing from Rock and Roll Over on this on the set list. Blasphemy. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. Blasphemy. So I, I'm. I mean, I do like Hide Your Heart, but God, I don't want to hear that in concert. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm. Sh- I'm shocked. I mean, that like we said earlier in earlier in a, f- a couple episodes ago, they never make changes to the set list. So this this, this I'm shocked. It's always one or two songs here and there, switching in one or out. But not like they're gonna like. What are you guys saying? What? Yeah, exactly. Play, play kissing time. Sure, here it goes. <laughs> you know, they're, <laughs> yep. that, they're not that type of band. And we talked about it before. Everything is set up there. There's way too many intangibles. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah. Like lighting, uh, stuff, choreography. Yep. There's way too much stuff going on. 
And God forbid the lighting is not correct because you know what will happen if it's not correct. Well, that you brings us to our other news episode. <laughs> why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about that d- disaster? I mean, we all saw the clip, right? It's a YouTube clip of Gene up there, and I guess one of his lighting guys on his crew <laughs> didn't have the right light. It was red light <laughs> instead of a white light. You know when he goes up top and does God of Thunder, yeah, and it looks really super cool. Is that he has the the you what do we call those pods? Yeah. And when he does God of Thunder, they all show his face and blood. It's not the it's not from that live concert, but it's from previous concerts. That image of his face, his eyes roll back, it's all bloody. Singing God of Thunder, it just looks so eerie. Yeah. And um, apparently, he needs to have white light on himself. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, he's gonna call out the tech that fucked it up. Oh. And he tended to do that. And what he say? Twenty years I've been up here, motherfucker. I I, 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 I sound like Red. Why you dirty, rotten, rat bastard, you motherfucker? I mean, I know people. I know people thought it was funny. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I was actually embarrassed. I, I it reminded me of like a get off my lawn, like old man rant. I think he was joking with the guy. He's like, I know where you live. 20 years. Like, I think he's just kind of like winking at him. Like, Hey, okay. shithead. All right. Let's what say that's fuck? all right. Let's say that's true. But when was the last time, if ever they have ever like cursed like that in, in uh, during a show, oh. like ever. If you don't take that laser off. All right. All right. I'm going to shove it up your ass. Okay, well, that was different. That 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 was some guy showing a laser at friggin' uh, Paul's face. Yeah. There's something about people when they get exasperated or they lose their fucking mind or temper over things. I don't know. Like, watching YouTube clips of an old guy who can't figure out, like, the fucking banking thing. Like, God damn it! Like, people, like, losing their shit. Or Paul Stanley fucking losing his mind over some dickhead pointing a laser at him. But that was... But that was different. That was like real anger. Gene was like giving shit to a tech in the middle of a show, being like, you motherfucker. Like, what? You, do- <laughs> you dirty, rotten rat bastard. I'm going to cut your belly open and show you all the black yes. shit inside. You motherfucker. Oh, yeah, that, that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, though. I think he was. it was all in jest. Yeah, I, I hope so. And then um, a couple of small tidbits. We, we, we mentioned this today. Um, this show... And all of our social media pages, um, we're all kissed. We don't talk politics. We don't talk news and current events and all that stuff. However, well, at least not on this show. We don't. But we not on this do. show. However, I can't. I'm not sure if it was last night or today. But Gene on his Gene Simmons Twitter page um, decided to get a little political. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not gonna get into what he got into. But he he got a little political, which was quite surprising to me. Um, and he actually started taking a beating from from fans about, you know, it, it started actually getting into like a political debate. I'm like, Gene, what the hell are you doing? Somebody put a meme up of AOC, the exactly. congresswoman from New York, yeah. and it was mocking something of her intelligence or something. It was right. on a billboard. Right. Um, you know, we're not going to get into whether it's, you know, I, I, I think Gene is, you know, he could be Republican. He could not. I know he has different philosophies on different things. I think Paul might be more Democrat. G might be more Republican. But I know they're both very strong on military and patriotism and things like that. Yeah. But regardless, he 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 reposted or retweeted 
the meme mocking the lady yep. and people like, were like, what the fuck? And then he was like, lighten up people who just try. I thought it was funny. That's all like, but you that's, know? but, but see, that's, that's yeah, him being old. That that, that's him being old and tone deaf. Yeah. With, with this, with this climate right now, you can't throw something like that out, especially with the most polarizing figure in politics right now, good or bad. We're not going to get into that, but you can't, I was, I was just surprised by his tone deafness. Paul real reads that way better. Paul oh, absolutely, like absolutely. way in tune with that. So when Gene was being an idiot about stuff about, I think was it was it Prince when he died? Oh and God, he was like calling people losers and things like that. Yeah. And Paul stood up and was like, "Yeah, he's an idiot." He mocked him. And then mm-hmm. was it Nikki Six that came out and was like, "This is before Nikki Six doing this again." But at the time, it was like, "Oh, you're, you know, give him shit." And then I think Paul stood up for. Gene was like, listen, like, hey, I can make fun of my brother. You're not going to make fun of my brother. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, he made a mistake. Fuck off. You, you know, give him a, you know, give him a break. He, you know, but I think Paul can get the crowd off everybody's back. Tell him he did something wrong and then just move on. He handles it perfectly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for all of Gene's, you know, business and marketing strategy and savviness, he, he sometimes can be a PR Honestly, I think that's like the old man in him. I think he's just I don't think he's paying attention to what the hell's going on. And I think he was he was probably like, God damn, you know? Yeah, the whole me too and Gene being away like Yeah. Gene, I know he still tries to be funny with that shit, but it's not you can't you can't do that anymore. You nope. can't be funny by sexually harassing like people in a joking fat people don't like that anymore. They right. don't it's not gonna get a laugh. Right. So you know, and I think maybe Paul might jump in and say something like, hey, he didn't really mean, you know. Right, right. Or he probably said to Gene, wake the fuck up. What are you doing? Yeah. You yeah. know, um, yeah, he should know better. And I don't think so. I mean, he, I mean, I don't think Gene was doing it because he's a Republican or he's a conservative. I think he saw it. Yeah. And, you know, he, he thought it was funny and he put it up there. Yeah. Um, you know, but he should know better. Yeah. Not agreed. the time and place to be doing this shit, especially yeah. when you're trying to go out on a big tour. Something small like this, next thing you know, you got fucking people outside your concert protesting. Oh, right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, come on. I just want to go to Kiss. The whole point of Kiss is to put this shit aside exactly. and go out and have fun. That's what they're really all about. Which, which, which again, you know, I'll, I'll just finish this, finish it up right here. That's why it, was, it just was very surprising to see him get involved with that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. and same thing here. You know, it's funny because me and Tom each have our own Twitter accounts. So occasionally, like oh. Tom, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say this to Tom. I've done, I've done it before. Like he follows all the conservative Republican. I follow all the liberal Democrat. But you go back and forth between your pages, yeah. and all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, you started fucking liking this Elizabeth Warren shit on our page." I'm like, "Oh fuck," <laughs> or he'll start liking the uh, a fucking uh, I don't know um, whoever fucking, uh, Mitt Romney tweet, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Yep, and um, you know, and next or better yet, we'll see each other's pages because we obviously follow our pages closely. It'll say. Tom Joe, uh, Tom so and so, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like this, or you know George so and so like this. I'm like, oh fuck! Now I gotta oh. see all your fucking political shit on our website. You know, that's I know. Well, by the way, they know our names now by now. But um, 
Yeah, if there's a way we could turn that off on Twitter, I don't want to <laughs> know what other people like. I don't care. Anyways. All right. Mo- moving on. <laughs> Next time, I'll tell you a funny story about a friend that got fucked doing that. Okay. Who didn't know any better on social media, and he saw one of my likes. You, of you told me that. Did yep. I tell you? Yes, you and did. And this lady had a ton of, like, she's got, like, yep. thousands and thousands of followers. I'm talking about 50,000, 60,000. Yeah. And he wrote, she wrote something like, like about, I think it was Trump Jr. was getting divorced. Like, oh, I hope this lady takes every money she can get from him. And he didn't know, realize what he was doing on social media. He just follows me for hockey and stuff like that. And he wrote, I hope you're the type of bitch my kid never marries. <laughs> All of a sudden, her Twitter followers like, who the fuck? People were looking at him. And he was stupid enough to have his full real name on there. Yeah. Look at this fat, ugly fucking asshole. They're making fun of him. They're like, who the fuck would marry his asshole? Yeah. And he was like, he had to shut everything down. It's, it's I awesome. had to write to the lady and That's DM awesome. her and yeah. tell her, please, do me a favor. He's a friend. He didn't realize. He's sorry. He goes, oh, I know. Tell you, tell him he's an idiot, too, for having his real name. And he, he said he had to like get on social media and everything. He got bombarded. You make the wrong move. Welcome, oh. to, welcome to the cesspool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fucking happens. So, moving on with uh, another quick tidbit here. So, uh, Paul Stanley recently did an interview in the Star Tribune. I have Star (laughs) Soul. (laughs) You do. (laughs) I think it's an insulting thing. (laughs) All right. Star, when he went to his funny little nudist camp. This is going to be a fucking three-hour episode, I can tell. Star? <laughs> no, Saul. <laughs> All right. So uh, Paul was asked how he is taking care of his voice on the end of the road tour in light of the fact that it has sounded, quote-unquote, diminished in recent tours. So Paul, he's such a smart ass sometimes. Paul says, quote, I try not to talk to you guys. It's hard to stay away from smoke because the arenas are filled with it. But I do shut up as much as possible and try other things. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> then he goes, okay. Then, then he continues. He said, there's no denying whether you're an athlete or a singer that life goes on and you aren't who you once were. That's life. I always said that if you want to hear me sound like I did on a live, go listen to a live. That said, I have no problem doing what I'm doing, standing by it, the songs sound awesome. Um, so it was, you know, that was interesting that he even acknowledged what's going on. But that, you know, Paul, he's not going to really feed into it. But I do like that little smart-ass comment. You know, if you want to listen to a live, you won't go listen to it. Yeah. You know? Um, with that being said, I, from what I understand, look, if the, he's from the people that I've listened to other shows, read stuff and these fucking no life, no lifers that are oh see see, like shut the fuck up. You're going out of your way to pick up on stupid shit. Yeah, like if he's if he's he's not lip singing. He has a little backing in certain parts of certain songs. Of course, it's what it sounds like backing and, tracks. Because if he's not, then wouldn't the sound the songs be a lot better? They're not perfect. They're still kind of. You know, they're not as strong as they used to be. They're decent, but they're not fucking exceptional. 
Yep. So if he was cheating, wouldn't it be exceptional? Right. So, you know, he'd get us a little help. I don't care from what I understand. The people that are really seeing the show are loving it. The, I'm people, not, I, the yeah. people love it. Yeah. Um, I'm and not I'm, hearing people or reading from anybody that sees the show in the comment sections or anything like that or that are not saying awesome show. It was awesome. I can't believe it. That was so great. This now. The only people that are shitting on the show are the ones that are not going to the show. Or Stewart. Oh, yeah, or Stewart. <laughs> this fucking winger shirt. Um, those are the only people that are saying stuff about it. The people that aren't going, oh, Paul Stanley's lips, oh, Paul Stanley. Shut the fuck up. I know. We beat that into the ground, but. Yeah, I don't want to go into that anymore. So go okay. ahead. What else? One, la- one last thing. Um, so go ahead. We're, 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 so we're recording on today's February 28th. In a, in a very weird coincidence, okay, three major KISS events happened on this date, okay? The first one is in 2003, KISS performed with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra for the recording of Alive 4, okay? Another major uh, incident occurred on this day in 1996 when KISS shocked the people with Tupac at the Grammys. Ooh. Yep. And, and then another... Uh, Coincidentally, with the episode that we're doing, Dress to Kill went gold in 1977 on this date. Nice. So, February 28th, big day in history. Nice. Yeah. Good day. So, what do we got? Coincidentally, episode eight, Dress to Kill, album review. Oh, this is going to be good, man. Yeah, yeah. So, we're going to talk about the Dress to Kill album um, the first album review we did was of a, um, a non-makeup album. We're doing these randomly, and uh, up came Dress to Kill. So I'm happy because we're going to the a makeup album, but in a real original makeup album, meaning the top three. Yep. And, um, you know, it's uh, certainly a classic album. And, um, you know, I'm excited to get going on this. Tom, yeah. you want to give some of the facts on this? You want me to? You tell well, me. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, just to start off, like we did with Animalize. Like, do you remember, like, your original, like, like relationship with this album? Like, when you first got it or heard it, et cetera? Like, do you remember, like, because for me, I didn't come around to the actual this album until like later on. I I, I had double platinum. I, I got double platinum when I was five years old. The, the record. So a lot of a lot of Dress to Kill is on double platinum. So I was familiar with a lot of the songs. Um, same thing with Live, but the actual album itself, I didn't really get into like later on. Okay, again, there, I believe in the eras. Yeah, the original three, the the classic three, which is you know Destroyer, Love Gun, and die and um, Rock and Roll Over. Yep. So. Obviously, as a little child, I get into the first, uh, the middle three songs. Yes. Albums, okay? Like everybody else. Yep. Then, you know, you get up to 78, Alive, Double Platinum, all the stuff there in their heydays, and then you fall off. We've talked about this constantly. We drift off. We come back. I come back in the mid-80s with Asylum, and I get into them, and I start listening. So when you start getting back into Kiss, and now you're in junior high school and high school, and really start appreciating, start becoming that Kiss fanatic, right? Yep. Um, I, you know, what are you going to gravitate for? Are you going to gravitate to the first three albums? No, I didn't. I gravitated to the middle three, 
right? Because those are the songs I remember. Those are the songs, the more popular songs in Destroyer. I remember going, I keep hearing about Alive, Alive, Alive. I remember getting Alive as my first one. I'm like, what the fuck are these songs? Yeah. <laughs> I know rock and roll all night, but I don't really know Come On and Love Me. I don't know Parasite. I don't know what the fuck is this shit. Well, that's exactly um, that's exactly why. That's I... how I am like with Dress to Kill. Yeah. So I know it because I know everything on Kiss, but I don't have a closeness to it. Like I didn't have a, oh, it's one of my favorite. Oh, I did it. I love the album, but it, you know, it's one of those things that you got back into it. I wasn't in love with it because I didn't really know it when it first came out. So I discovered it later on. Like I discovered a lot of the other Kiss stuff later on, and you know, you you grow to love it. Yeah, this album is on my Mount Rushmore of Kiss albums. I'll say it right there. Ooh. And, and, this, and, and, and this album also has, if not my number one all-time favorite Kiss song, it's it's in the top three, and it also has another song that I would... Boomerang was your number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so this album is... Yeah, that's why I'm excited to talk about this. Um so right. we'll start off with just some kind of general, you know, information about it. So, you know, Lead this came- guitar. Oh, God, don't. Don't do it. <clears throat> so this came out in 75. So this was their third album in a year. 18 they- months. They No, no, no. It was in 18 months. It was their third album. No, it was it was th- it was 13 months. The first one came out what? in February 74. This came out in March 75. 13 months, three albums. Then I read the eight in the three wrong. My okay. bad. Either way. Can't read my own handwriting. Either way. But it came out March 19th, 1975. Think of that. Three albums in a year. There are bands that don't put out three albums in a friggin' career nowadays. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, so Neil Bogart wanted the, 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 the head of Casablanca, wanted Kiss to get in. They were touring. They were doing, they were on the Harder Than Hell tour. And he wanted them back in the studio to make another album because he's like, okay, if you make another album, that'll that'll be a new Kiss album. So people will go back and buy Harder Than Hell. People will go back and buy the Kiss album. You know, yeah, let's, let's, because you—that's how the record stores would keep their other albums. Back ca- the back catalog because a new one was coming out. Yep, yeah, exactly. that was one of a uh, uh, Bill Coyne was talking. I read that as well. Yeah, yep. yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, and at the time, Kiss didn't really didn't really have any any music, any songs to write. You know, um, so there's a couple songs on here that we know that are kind of like old reworked Wicked Lester songs. We yep. can we'll get in we'll get into that specifically when we do the the track by track. Um, and a, a, a couple other things too that are that kind of interesting about this because the album is so short. I mean, it's like barely it's like a half hour. I mean, it's really yeah. all the songs are short. But uh, an interesting thing when the LP was came out, um, the spacing on the LP in between songs, heard, they, yeah. they exaggerated it to make it longer. Um, yeah. So you listen to the song and you're like, what the, what the, what, where the hell is the song to? <laughs> what the fuck's going on there? So they were doing all kinds of shit to get this album to, to, to last. Um, yeah. No, I'm a CD guy. So I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. No, I, I get it. You're right. You're right. Um, one thing about, I mean, talk, you know, gen, general music about this album. Um, I like, um, the fact that it's not like a heavy, like, th- like, you know, thick album, like rock and roll over a love gun. Whenever I hear this, I kind of consider it's like a, like a punchy kind of poppy snappy kiss album. If that makes any sense with those words, you know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, I would take it the opposite. This is 75? Five, yep. I, yeah, look, it's it comes in at 30 minutes. You know what this reminds me of? A, a little punkish. Okay. It reminds me of punk. Like when you get two timer, it's like brr, brr, yeah. like goes fast and hard. Yeah. It reminds me of like modern day Green Green Day songs, okay. Green Day album. But like you know, just simple soft. You can hear but then, good yeah, songs but, in two and a half minutes. Yeah, and like boom, a, they're gone. Yeah, like like a like a punchy kind of snappy like a like a song with like you know mm-hmm. I'm snapping my fingers at you know but but what I mean by that it's not like a it's not like a hard I don't look at it as like a hard rock album like Rock and Roll Over or Destroyer. Because it's not, you know what no, I mean. The, the sounds stripped down, kind of music, and just which is, but, yep, yeah. And you, you know, I, I mean, it's really simple. And I know everyone talks about like the sound of the first three albums not being produced as well. I don't really have a problem with this one. So I, you know, I put on the headphones, go for a walk. I listen to it all week, even more so. I've studied it a little longer. Listen to it at the office. I played it along. I think the sound and the production's pretty good. Yeah. I don't, it's not as, you know, I don't know, distorted or anything like that. It's just I, I think I can pick up. I can pick up on all the instruments. I, I think it's pretty solid production. I think, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's well produced, like you said, but I don't think it. The, the guitars aren't really heavy and distorted. The drums aren't like no, you know, no, thunderous or anything. Now we're listening to also. You know, they remastered, you know, they did all the remasters of the albums in 97. Yeah. So I've yeah. got the remastered CD version. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because they did it in Electric Lady Studios. Yeah. That could mean a difference because obviously all the big names do their albums there. Jimi Hendrix and stuff. And Zepp has been there. Beatles yeah. has recorded there. I think maybe that might have something, something to do with the, the sound or whatever. Good. So they, you know, they had um, just to add some context of the stuff they had uh neil bogart and kiss produce this yep they just wanted a stuff in there and so you know you read into this as we're you know researching this episode you're reading into you know what the background of the album and things like that is and so you know kiss produces the first album it got it sold a little it produced the second sold a little more and i guess they started getting a little bit of a following and from what i understand they had other um, labels that were interested in them. Yeah. They were trying to sign them. And, uh, you know, it sounds like Neil Bogart, who was the head of Casablanca Records, was, hey, you know, maybe it's because, you know, they're living hand to mouth at the time that out that that record label. Maybe he's like, you know what? I might as well get down to and try to get the sound and get these guys because he believed in Kiss. Or the other part is, let me be in the studio with them and let them know I care. And let me keep an eye on them because I'm hearing stuff. And yeah. how was he hearing about them? Because he started sleeping with the one of their managers. The managers. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So yep. her, I think her name is Joyce. Joyce. Bowitz, yep. Who was Bill Coin's partner. Yep. And, you know, eventually they end up getting married. But, you know, how, how would he get wind of them about, to maybe sign with somebody else. Gee, exactly. I wonder where that came from. Exactly. And so he probably wanted to keep an eye on them. So he decided to do it. You know, and he, he's got the disco sound. He's got the stuff, but he probably knows a hook or two. And, um, you know, so he gets involved and he produces the album. I will tell you this. You know, him doing that might be the reason that me and you 
are doing a Kiss podcast. Oh, it's it's absolutely the reason because him being involved tells them you need to get a big commercial, you need to come up with an anthem, something else that some, and all of a sudden they come up with a rock and roll night, and from that, that was it. History, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can almost put a direct correlation between him coming in to produce that and him getting kissed to give them that push and them getting rock and roll night and then rock and roll night propels them to being kissed. Yeah. And I think that was, and that, that kind of, you know, to piggyback on what you were saying about with Neil Bogart, you know, his background was in, you know, like the bubblegum pop disco. And I think he's like, you know what? I can help these guys get to where they need to be to get, to get you know mm-hmm. that anthem and i think that's like i said earlier that's i think that's why a lot of these songs are kind of like you said they're kind of snappy and a little punkish popish they're a little bit they're 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 very a lot of them are very accessible even if they're not your favorite kiss songs they're not they're not the heavy sludgy songs that were on harder than hell you know <clears throat> um i mean a two-timer might you could maybe consider that a little bit of a, of a sludgy song but mm-hmm. you know maybe she a little bit if you want to look at it that way um but yeah, I mean, I I think you know, thanks to him and thanks to Bill Coin, you know, this if if it wasn't for for them, there'd be no rock and roll night, which there'd be no alive, and then who knows what would have happened, you know? Yeah, I mean, he wanted to do it, but he probably also it could have been because he was being a little cheap. Of he course, couldn't afford a producer, so yeah. he says, "Let me do it." Right? Yeah. I mean, well, speaking and, of um, being able to speaking of being able to not afford anything, I mean, it's 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 pretty well known, you know, within the Kiss world that. Bill of Coin maxed out all of his credit cards to finance this, you know, this whole pro at this time, it was, it was really make or break for kiss, you know, um, you know, yeah. they, they, they were, they were really kind of at their wits end financially with, with this album. No, I, I agree. And so they also, they try to put out a couple um, chart singles. Yep. They, they released come on and love me. They released rock and roll night. I think rock and roll All night charted. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. And um, that was the only single to ever chart. But obviously, when they did a live, that's when it blew up. Yep. And they also, and they also did those awesome, awesome promo videos that um, I uh, now I can't remember if they're in extreme close up or where they are. But the um, of rock and roll all night and come on and love me, like you said, they released them as singles. They did those promo videos. And those promo videos, the stage that they're on and the outfits that they're wearing is from is the Alive cover, because yeah. that because because that that cover of Alive is not live. It's yeah. that it, it's those it's those promo videos which back then no one made promo videos. Yeah, um, they, they that, were so ahead of their time. Oh yeah. So yeah. let's go grab the actual album. Yep. Take a look at this cover. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> One of the most iconic kiss images. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. And so did you read the background? So they wanted to do something where Kiss is like superheroes. So they did a photo shoot where Kiss is dressed up in suits. They're reading reading like their newspaper and doing their thing. And there's some sort of a Bob Denver. Did John you hear Den- about that? Jo- John, John Denver. Bob, yeah. Is Bob that Denver. Is that That's Gilligan? Gilligan. <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> the fucking skipper and Mary. <laughs> Gilligan and Kiss. What the fuck? I'm hey, sorry. Little buddy. Hey, little buddy. 
Oh man, Charles Bob Denver. Oh, John Denver. Um, so, anyways, this the 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 photo shoot was supposed to be them as superheroes. They're dressed up in like suits, hanging out, and then they're hearing about the John Denver concert. So then they go into a photo booth and they change into the Kiss costume and they play a concert and save save everybody from John Denver's music and play oh, rock and roll. Awful, because John Denver was huge. I mean, that's. I mean, come on. Whatever. I know. But so that was the photo shoot. So they have a pond. If you look online and you see some of those photos, that's fucking awesome. Oh, it's amazing. Like, awesome. Those photos of them in a suit. Yep. But let's look at this cover. Okay. Right. So number one, if you look at the pictures in that are color online, Gene oh, yeah. has a blue socks on. Blue yep. socks on. Yep. And he's wearing women's clogs. Yep. What the fuck is that? Now, now there's a another. There's, there's generally speaking with a couple. <laughs> there's a couple conflicting stories I heard. Okay, I heard that there that none of them had suits and they're Except all Peter. Well, see, that's what I was just going to say. With, with the conflicting thing is, I heard one Peter was the only one that owned a suit, and the other three were Bill of Coin suits, which yep. is why you know they. I mean, they don't look that bad on Paul and and Ace. Gene looks fucking hilarious. <clears throat> so. Um, yeah, because I mean, Gene is six two, right, right. Whereas the other two are barely six feet. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, right. You look, you, yeah, you look at it. Um, I mean, I I, re- I remember this when I was younger, um, like when I first got into Kiss, and you would go to the record store and you would flip through the huge LPs and you would look at. I'll be honest with you, this cover kind of scared me, like as like a little kid because it was black and white. And like Gene's face and just the, the, I think the black and white of it just kind of creeped me out. And what's really cool too, if you flip the back of it. Yeah. The, it, the it's image. The, it's, the, yeah. It's the, it's the negative of the photo, which is actually even creepier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just one of the most iconic. What is um, Ace got in his shoulders? Like, he's got like a fucking horse whip. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I it's, hey, I think it's is, is it like it's like a fucking umbrella. I don't know what the hell it is. Fucking horse whip. Like it was just he came in on a rodeo or something. What I don't know. What is that? But ho- take a look at the album cover, all right? Because there's a little t- there's a little tidbit here. If you didn't know this, I know it. I know where you're going. I've heard it too. The top right corner. Yeah, it's missing it's, an S. Okay. Yep. It's funny. You look at you look at that. If if, if anybody who's listening to this who has their dress to kill handy, if you've never noticed it. The top right corner to the right of Gene's head, Kiss only has one S in it. Um, so you can see the kind of amateur art direction that they had with, with this album. Yeah. Um, so if you, yeah, it's on the Kiss album, the top right corner. Yep. Um, yeah. There is missing an S. Um, yeah. You know what's funny? So look inside this, and you, you know, you look at, first of all, the, I always love these things like, Everyone's got a nickname. Trucking by Captain Sixty Six GB, <laughs> right? Oh. Um, who's another fucking nickname? And Moose, Assistant Engineer George Lopez. Is what? that the fucking George Lopez <laughs> that's sending Paul like bouquet of flowers for his like birthday? The uh, comedian? For, who knows? Could be. <laughs> I, I don't think so. He's not. I know. I know. I'm, I'm but, kidding. 
like George Lopez. I know. I saw that. I'm like, huh? Isn't that Paul's buddy? The now it's funny too for anybody uh, anybody who's listening to this who follows us on Twitter. Um, the coming soon teaser photo I posted today is like a uh, an outtake from that those dress to kill photo sessions. It's the, it's the whole the whole band like in the uh, you know in the hallway like getting ready. I don't know if they're getting ready to, or coming back from it, but like like Zeus was saying, just really cool photo sessions. You know the whole thing is just really neat. Bob Gern or something like that. Yeah. Yep, that was, I can't even read it. So yep. he said that it's his ex-wife's clogs that Gene was wearing. <laughs> yeah. he did a, and and they said they filmed it on 23rd Street and 8th Avenue facing New York City. Yep. And I love, if you Google the image yep. of that album, all the recent stuff of people going there, and there's a picture of them like superimposed on modern day, that spot. Yeah, it looks so creepy. It's almost like they're ghosts hanging yeah. out there. Like, yeah, way back when this these people were here, this exact spot. Like, I would love it someday. <laughs> me and you got to go there, buddy. Oh, great, and take a photo. Yeah, right at that spot. You, you know I what else? wonder how many people did that with kiss makeup and go there. Oh, I'm sure. In I'm a sure. suit, I'm sure. And you know what else? You know, speaking of the suits and the dress to kill, do you remember a couple years back? They did that John Varvato's yeah. shoot where they all up, where they all they all oh, my, my fellow Gre- Grecian there yeah, yeah they yeah. put they put all the suits on but it was with, it was with the current lineup and they did like uh you know I mean those whatever. are like nice suits this is like yeah those are real clothes <laughs> yeah Uncle fucking Gilbert's fucking yeah they, uh, yeah, they weren't going to freaking suede suede yeah. uh, suits yeah they didn't go to Bob Denver's closet to get yeah. these suits. Oh, they got him from Morty's fucking umbrella store. <laughs> what was that thing on Seinfeld? <laughs> Mo Ginsburg? <laughs> was he? Uh, and Kramer, they were, in the, we're going in the umbrella business. Oh, Morty's yeah, Morty's. Seinfeld. Oh, I thought you were saying the episode where George is like, you can't steal my suit. It's the only one I have. I got it at Mo Ginsburg. <laughs> no, it's the one where fucking he's going into the umbrella business with Morty Seinfeld. Oh, they I sold their fucking clothes. I, he goes, I sold raincoats for 45 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I dressed Gene Simmons on the cover of Dress to Kill. That's where they got their clothes. But So that's the album Outside. Anything else you want to talk before we get inside and listen to the music? Uh, well, one other kind of fun tidbit. Um, and Funny I, little kiss tidbit. Funny little kiss tidbit that we, we saw... Um, we saw this on like a YouTube video that they kind of like do like background info mm-hmm. on like albums and stuff. And I had never heard this before, but it's kind of weird because in 75 kiss, you know, alive wasn't out. So they weren't like taking the world over, but apparently Gibson started giving Paul guitars, like whenever he needed them. And this is when it kind of the tradition of Paul smashing guitars at the end of shows began because Paul considered them like disposable because Gibson just kept fucking giving him guitars. So I thought that was kind of interesting. No, oh, I you didn't know? realize that either. Wow. Yeah. Nice so, to know that. Yeah, oh, and so, the last thing is that's how Paul came up with the album, the title. Yes. He said he was looking at the photo shoot, saw them, and he said, came up with Dress to Kill. That's it. Perfect. Yep. Right? Great title. Great, great, just, you know, great image, great album cover, great title. No, uh, perfect A's, marketing. A's across the board for that. Yeah, yeah, perfect, so, perfect, perfect marketing. Let's go into the music, right? Go. So, 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Um, what do we got? Let's go first. Ready? Kick it off. is a kick-ass song that song okay i'll just get this out of the way now gene and peter kick ass on this album okay let me tell you right now if anybody doesn't think that gene simmons is a top shelf bass player okay you look at the demon the blood spitting the fire breathing listen to dress to kill okay he is killing it on the bass and peter is just kicking ass on the drums and this 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 song right here um is just it's just perfect it's perfect yeah the drumming so this is the stuff that i don't get when i hear paul and gene bitching about peter are you kidding me you don't have to be going crazy banging it like bonham every time or eric carr just listen to that quick brr, brr. Yep. and and it sounds like a like a jazz drummer exactly and it, sounds, and it works with this just listen to the drums yep. in two timer and i'll be saying this a few times throughout this album i think peter makes it sound rocking yeah i mean right? it, yeah this song i mean it it like you said this was the drummer that kiss needed at this time that 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 this shows peter's background the 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 swing the jazz you know it, it's works. perfect and not, to, and not to, yeah, and not to mention, 
baby, I could use a meal. <laughs> Settle down. Let me get some fucking nachos sent to my room. You sound like you like you baby. I could use a meal. Like you want you forty pounds soaking wet. I mean, you sound desperate. You know, be more like assertive. Like proud of yourself. You like, hey, I could use a meal. You know, Jesus. Can I have some confidence, man. What yeah, the good fuck? St- good stuff. But great song. Great way to start. I think it's a great opening track. Oh yeah, and. You know, I you know the thing that I think is is awesome. I, I say is the drum, the bass is awesome, great way to start, and I think it it gives it a little bit of that kick ass. Like you know, like I said, it sounds like a rocking song, a little punkish, a little you know. Here we go. Um, the other part to this is this is on a few compilations. Amongst them, right, is yep. you want the best, you got the best, right? Yeah. So I think. Um, I think it's on four, uh, decibels to 40 years, right? Yeah. And uh, something else. I think another live one. I'm not even sure. But yep. it's a great song, right? It's awesome. So good. So, yeah. So that's uh, Room Service. Now, now, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know why you went to that. <laughs> but the next song coming up, the demon gets involved. And here we go. Some stuff. I mean, come on. It's just, eh, uh, I, I have so much to say about this album because every song I love, love every song. Um, just great gene, great harmony with the chorus, you know, Peter banging on that cowbell very subtly in the background. Just cool stuff all the way around. Great song. And I can't think, and you tell me, is there another Kiss Gene Simmons song? Where he's the fucking loser? Yeah, good point. I, I know Paul has done songs where, like, Heart of Chrome. Yeah. Where he gets, you know, shit on by the girl or something. One in a million, you know. Um, uh, yeah, Gene. A million would, to one, not one in a million. Guns and Roses. Yeah, Gene would um, never write this song now. <laughs> right? 
It's just so unbecoming of the demon. Yep. Which which is leads me into the part of this album. And even the first three albums. I think that they are singing there with the exception of Gene, the first three albums, I mean with the exception of Paul, they're just guys in makeup singing. Yes. There's nothing to do with their characters. Oh, there are no characters right now, really. Right? Except this, for this, Paul, who tries to be like a rock star in a lot of his music and sleeping but, around and women a little. No, but you're, you're A right. little. He does a little bit of that I'm a star kind of thing. But those personas. Not much. No, th- that persona, th- that didn't come until Destroyer. Yeah. With that, but right right now, these first. Is this first... a demon song? No, no, this is a guy who sings. You didn't have to be the demon to be or in his makeup to hear this and be like, oh, that's Kiss. Right, he getting two. Gene is getting two. Is his girlfriend is a two timing him? What? Right, I know. It's true. Timing two. Now, <laughs> now here's a here's a funny thing too. We're not going to play it back to back, but Kiss fans out there, you can do it. And it, 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 I didn't even realize this until um, you know we were kind of doing some background on this on this work. Those those opening chords. Um, off of two timer are the same chords at the beginning of Detroit Rock City. They just played at a different speed, and when you think of that in your head, it's it, it it's kind of hard to compute. But when you hear it, you're like, "Holy shit!" It really is. It just slowed down and played at a different tempo. Um, but yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, um. It is. It does. You can hear it in the first couple, you know, beginning parts. And you're like, wait a minute. And it's great when you read about that stuff and you're like, right, that does pick up on that song, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on. Gene Simmons, right back at you. And this one is Ladies in Waiting. And here we go. part of it really yeah that's my favorite part yeah the the song itself it's probably not one of the i mean i love the album mm-hmm. probably not one of the best songs on the album but that that chorus is pretty cool i like the way it kicks into gear you can you can hear ace kind of fiddle in the back like a little bit there it's a it's it's a good i mean everything on this album is great for me so uh, you're not gonna get a lot of complaints from me on this yeah i think again ladies in waiting not specifically to you know there's a great YouTube clip of that if you find it online. Yeah. Them playing it in um, 
uh, Cobo Hall in Detroit in 76. It's a really good clip. Okay. Um, you know, YouTube. God, what what did we do before that? Oh, right? God, yeah, exactly. So, um, next song. Here we go, brother. So, we come up to the Cat Man, right? Yep. Here we go. That's your boy. That's your cat, man. It's an uh, Ace song. Ace it, wrote it. Yep, yep. And Ace is on record as saying that this was he was still too shy to sing. Yeah. Um, Peter took it. I'll tell you right now, one of my favorite uh, Peter songs. Just a real good rocker. You know, like a like a like I said earlier, kind of like a punchy kind of rocker. You know what I mean? Yeah. The funny thing about this song. Is is that leaving tomorrow by yep. Subway? What? Yeah, I think I, that's what he. I think that's yeah, what he no, says. I because mean, I, oh, I started reading the lyrics and all the songs by Subway. I never thought that. Yeah, that's what they. Well, how, how how else is he going to get around? <laughs> no, but like by some way, that's what I thought. Leaving tomorrow by some way. Yeah, I know yeah. Subway, but it is a New Yorker, right? Maybe he was it, going a subway. <laughs> I, don't, I I just don't think they had subway okay. back then, buddy. Yes, but yeah, you know, just another one of those things that you didn't really pick up on the lyric. Um, so I I, I just never put that together. Um, so the Catman only sang one song on this album. Yes, um, you know. I wish he sang more in the beginning because you know, God knows I love that voice. So, yeah, it was. Um, it, that's a good one for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So pretty, uh, pretty underrated too. You don't really hear that on any compilations or anything. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So then we're gonna get into uh, what I think is a, it's it's just a classic. Here we go.
yeah, just one one of my all time favorites. I mean, and it's really cool too because uh, there's another song I notice this a lot in this album. Um, there's a couple other songs later on that we'll talk about, but when they kick in the chorus, you can really hear Gene's presence during the chorus. You can kind of hear that different the the difference. You can in the hear voice. them all. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty awesome. Um, and we talked about this before, but my exposure you say before <laughs> my exposure to this song with a couple other songs off this album were off of uh, Double Platinum, and for some reason, Double Platinum released the the intro to Rock Bottom, but then it goes into She. So yeah. when I so when I got dressed to kill, I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You know what I mean? It was yeah. kind of it was weird. So I read where Paul was talking about like that. You know, it's really Ace's song and my song, which you do different. He's like Ace came up with that, and I just jumped in and played a little acoustic with it. But it's two different things. I we thought it would sound cool together. Um, and yeah, and they have it on she in different parts. So it's funny because I, I heard it on a podcast. I don't know which one because I listen to so many KISS podcasts, but I heard this a while ago, that someone said that they named that part George. Hey, after <laughs> you. Yeah, they knew I was coming around two, day, two days after my birth, right? They came up with that. They call that part George, um, that acoustic part. It's a nice little melody. It's a great job. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's one of my favorites. It's a great song. It sounds it sounds awesome live, um, just re- just really cool stuff. And I I, lo- I love that acoustic. I mean, I know it's kind of long. I think it's almost two minutes. The acoustic, you know, a minute and a half or whatever. It's pretty mm-hmm. long. Um, and I think that was another thing, like you know, that they add they added it on to kind of make the album give it a little bit of length. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I look, and they end the album with that. I just think rock bottom. It's that tradition, like Black Diamond, Rock yep. Bottom. Yep. Uh, what's the other one? I Want You. Yep. Tonight You Belong to Me. The little acoustic beginning part. Yep. yep. And then boom, it builds up. Yeah. They got a well, few of those, right? Well, yeah. Well, that's another thing, too. Speaking of acoustic, is that th- that's another thing I like about this album. Um, and we'll be coming up coming up to it right here on the next song. There's a lot of acoustic um, over like overlaying with a, with a lot of the, with a lot, a lot of these songs I like You're going to hear it in the next song. You're, yeah. Perfectly. That's like tech shit that I don't get and pick up on, but I read that too somewhere in there. I'm like, Oh, the, really? Sounds the, next, the album's good. So maybe that's something that they should keep doing because the next, the next, the really next good. song, the next song, you can really hear it. So kick it up. This may be, so this would be the second side of the LP. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, the step, the second part of the uh, LP, you flip it over because they weren't CDs back then, um, and just here, I'll let the music do the talking. In a music magazine 
there it is. I mean, if we're talking all-time favorite Kiss songs in their entire catalog, this, honest to God, this may be number one or two for me. I have always loved the rhythm of the song, the riff, the chorus, the just the uh, Paul's lyrics. That, that opening lyric, tell me a better opening lyric. She's a dancer, a romancer. I'm a Capricorn, and she's a Cancer. Oh, poetry. Oh, my God. Oh. The song rocks. Oh. It is just, it's one of those songs that I don't really ever get sick of it. Never. You're right. right? Nope. They don't play it enough that you can get sick of it. Yep. Um, the music is just awesome. It's better uh, than the lyrics because... Yeah. And I don't know if it's tongue-in-cheek that it's so simple, but, I mean, you were distant. Now you're nearer. I can feel your face inside the mirror. Ah, oh, it's, it's just, it's terrific. And and Paul Paul even said... You were high, now you're low. You were outside once, and now you're inside. Like, well, what's the other one, too? I, I, I don't know if anybody ever came up with this before Paul Stanley did. You're good-looking... And you're looking like you should be good. Wow. I wanted to steal that for my lyric of the day, but I'm like, there's too many good lyrics in Coming to Love Me for us. Like, I couldn't because I would have to not. I can't talk about this song without talking about the lyrics in this this song. So I couldn't keep that as my lyric of the day. But what? (laughs) Oh, man. It's so good. And, 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 And that's another example of, I, I love when the chorus kicks in and you can really hear Gene. Well, and I Gene just think, takes over. I call this, in my opinion, I yeah. think this is a duet. Because well, he, sings, he sings the chorus. Gene does. Well, the, well uh, I, think, I think it's kind of overlaid a little bit with Paul. Paul's definitely singing the verse. But I think you're right. Sings, baby, baby, don't yeah. you hesitate. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's, uh, it's just so good. Excuse me while I clear my throat when I do my demon voice. Um, but I I, I consider this a, like a duet. It's just it sounds like that you know, almost like strut up boom boom yep. the drums. You know, yep. it's just it's the song. It's I don't know. I just and it's one of the few songs where. Um, I shouldn't say one of the few. I, I I really prefer the album version over the live version. Yeah, I just think it's a little tighter. I, I and again, I know you may not have noticed it, but I love how you can you can really hear those that acoustic guitar being strummed over the verse when they're playing it. You can. I gotta pay more attention. That's yeah, more of a musical ear than me. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's just, um, it just sounds really cool. Really cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, love it. Love it. Um, so we're up to this next classic. So are you ready for this wonderful and original song? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes, you, I am. Yeah, you know what's coming up next? Of, of course I do. Well, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what it's like to be hurt. <laughs> Anything for my Cause I need her 
Thoughts? Now, Thoughts? Now, okay, I'm going to say this is the rare case, okay, where the song I really enjoy, one of the worst choruses in the history of a Kiss song. And, and, they, they, and, and that's, that's, that's odd for me to say because Paul Stanley, they usually nail it with their choruses. What the fuck are they doing here? That's brutal, I think. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't think of the artist that I'm thinking of that would, this sounds like. I will do anything for my baby. Is yeah, this a it, song by Wham? It just like, it, <laughs> it's it it sounds like two different songs because the the verses they, it sounds like a, it sounds sounds, sounds like, like rock and roll all night when they start. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. But that chorus, and it, you know, and Peter's got like the like the like the rolling drum. I'm like, what do you? That's just not good. That's not good, and I think I think even Paul kind of acknowledges that this it was kind of he like shits on the song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, in 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 behind the mask, he he says, "I'm not very fond of it." <laughs> <laughs> Some people seem to like it. The it's, crowd seems to like it. Exactly, exactly. They were throwing things at you. <laughs> yes, because he used to wear the little tight shorts on the job. I know. <laughs> I know, but all right. So let's get to the next classic, right? Let's go. Uh, classic Kiss song um, that, uh, you know, we all know and love. But uh, this one is a, a, a little bit, I don't know. It, its origins are a little bit different, wouldn't you say? I would agree. Let's Let's go.
Yep, that's she. So um, let's start from the beginning. Do, do we have to with the Jethro Tull cover band? Oh, my God. So the first part is from the box set. Um, the original version of She, which was done by the Kiss original group, Wicked Lester, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Steve Cornell, and a few other guys on that unreleased album that they did. Yep. So it's on the box set. I'm sure you guys have it. But honestly, that version of She sounds like it came out of a 70s TV cop show. Yeah. Showing like the inner city or something. Yeah, it's like the beginning of like the streets of San Francisco is like You know what it sounds it sounds like a combo of Sanford and Son and Barney Miller. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sounds like Barney Miller theme. But it, but but it's funny because but at that but at that time you 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 referenced the box set if you if you check the 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 booklet in the box set, they even make the reference that Oh hey yeah oh people are doing flutes and flugel horns and shit like let's fucking do that you know you know it sounds like he was going and I like that and I go do 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 it's like I go it's like I bite my eye the poison eye. Um, like, I didn't realize the Egyptian magician made a cameo on a kiss song. The Egyptian magician, and then Gene comes out with mounting that, and he terrorized people. Um, so that's she from the Wicked Lester. But shift to the Kiss version of she, great oh, jam. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but in all honesty, all, all jokes aside, you can when you play them back to back like that, you can. You can obviously see the the birth of the song. I mean, you could see the the guts of the they, song. They kissed it up. Yeah. The song. Oh, totally. They took yeah. the song and kissed it up. Oh, you know what right? they did? You know what they did? They let Ace Freely play on it. That's what they did. <laughs> that they gave the song some. They gave the song some balls and took out the fucking pan flute. <laughs> so he playing the pan flute got kicked out a flight of stairs. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Classic song. Yeah, the Germans awesome. It's great, we, we, and I love, I love that. And this, this album's got a few of these. Yeah. I love the chorus. I love all the voices sing on it. Yeah, yep. So, I have a thing where I say, I'm not sure who the lead singer is on this. When I look at videos of this, yeah, concert videos, Peter's singing all the way through. Yeah, I mean it's a genius I mean, up song. until up up until the main. Uh, chorus peter singing you know she walks my along with them yeah along think, with paul and gene i think if anything they might be doing some harmon harmonies but I, it's a it's a gene song for primary i mean when you think of she you think of gene i mean when we saw when we saw them I, it was this was years ago we saw them in boston um they played this um it, it it's a gene song with some with some harmonies for sure yeah <laughs> But they're all singing throughout the song except yeah. for the chorus. Gene yeah. sings the chorus alone. But right. you know, it, it's it's um, Peter singing it, uh, Paul singing it, and then yep. if you watch any of the clips, YouTube clips, it, Eric Singer now sings it with them if they've ever done anything, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know that's the part that I love it because they can all sing. This is the a Beatles. Song, uh, the Beatles with fucking some balls. Yeah. This, what it is. Th th this is a song I'm surprised we didn't see on the end of the road set list. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. It so is. that's that's um. 
So that's uh, she, or the theme to Barney Miller, whichever one version you wanted to hear. And then here comes another kick-ass song, right? Oh, so underappreciated. Under- right? This was this was my number two pick in the draft. Was it on the on the first? Yeah, because it wasn't on any compilation. Nope. Yeah, so it was a kiss. Compilation of non-compilation songs. So. Check it out for new listeners. Check it out, episode one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So and and here we go. Right. This is the part that you love the most. Oh no. to go to that solo part because that solo kicks ass oh man so much to talk about i mean you're talking one of my this this i would this probably goes into my top five all-time kiss songs and i think one of the reasons is because a you never hear it it's on nothing other than dress to kill they never play it live you're never going to hear it anywhere unless you physically put in dress to kill and want to listen to it so fucking good. And like I said earlier at the beginning of the episode, Peter is just just, just killing it. He's just, oh, he's just Before so... pity killed it. Let's talk about the first part. Oh, when the Brady Bunch played this? <laughs> I thought I'd call it the Mamas and Papas played it before them. It, it was... It, I thought it was a big mama cast because Paul, when he sings that song, sounds like a fat guy. Like, <laughs> 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 Mama Cass. <laughs> Mama Cass. 
Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. <laughs> but another, another like, it's just so funny. You look at she and love her all I can, and they were like trash, like seventies AM gold, and then they tr- <laughs> yeah AM gold and TV music, right? You know, and then, and then they it turn them into. Right. And then they just turn them into classics. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I keep you talking over you. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. They just they they, they 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 just turn them into epics, epic classics. You know, it's just so it's just so good. You know, it's amazing what what you can do when you put a little balls and a little guitar to into a song. You know, and what's funny is because you you know you look into it. I guess this was a some fucking Todd Rundgren band called Naz or something like that. Naz. Naz is that it? What it's called? Yeah. Um. Open my eyes. You can YouTube clip it. When you hear it, you're like, "Oh shit, that does sound like it." Yeah, um, a lot. And um, and then that in in turn is also part of, of the Who's. I can't explain. Yes. and you can pick up on it yes. a little bit, right? You can definitely see that. Yes, but there's something I wanted to do um, that I wanted to play on this um, for you because it's something that I absolutely love and um something like a favorite part of this song okay and that's this part i'm going to play it again for us right now tom so give me one second while i uh set this part up for us um and play it that i had to ready should be the solo drum solo now i'll pay to listen to that drum solo yeah in now, kiss out. i love that part i live for that part i live for the solo in that part of the um of the song love it now i'm gonna give away some of my music background that i got from growing up listening to jazz in my house with my dad and peter has a has a jazz background but for anybody out there that's familiar with Buddy Rich or Gene Krupa, the two greatest jazz drummers, or the two greatest drummers in the history of drumming, and Peter Chris is on record as saying that those two were huge influences on him. You listen to that section right there and love her all I can, and that is straight jazz drumming right there. It's phenomenal. It's awesome. Did you ever hear the – yeah, you, of course you've heard it. That YouTube clip of all the Kiss faces shitting on each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That is one of the funniest fucking things. And in that... Fuck you, Peter Chris. <laughs> in, in that... It's like all the... It's all the all, all, Gene Trooper is rolling over in his grave saying that he taught you anything about drumming. <laughs> if anybody who, anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, somebody took the four faces from, like, oh, Dynasty oh and, gave them, and gave them all, like, robotic voices... And they made the mouth move, and it's just the four original band members <laughs> shitting on each other. <laughs> it's racist. It's actually, you know, it's actually, fucking awful, but yeah. it's so fucking funny. So it made what? me think of that when you said Gene True, because I think he taught Peter, and he Peter mentions that, well, and they're all babies. He rolled over his grave if you said that he taught you how to drum. See, I was just gonna say I could I could post that on our Twitter page, but now I'm afraid that we'll get friggin' banned from Twitter when people like <laughs> listen to what's in it because it's pretty friggin' it's pretty volatile. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah, and it's it's got some racist, stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. 
but it is so fucking over the top. <laughs> and there's been like some other ones in there with Vinnie Vincent in there and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so those good. things are so funny. So that's um that's it. Oh, they, there's one more little small um it's like, oh, yeah, there's... like an unheard of song. It's like really forgotten. Uh, it's like a throwaway. Yeah, it's it doesn't get played much. It's kind of like a, a hidden gem. Yeah, a, a, it, d- a deep cut. A deep cut, yeah. Um, okay. Played a little bit. Not I've never. Yeah, let's play heard it. it a few times. I don't know. Have you heard? Have you heard this one? Here we go. say about that classic that has not been said before um I, I will say this that is the best version of that song okay what? that's a hot take it, 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 it might be a hot take i love that version of the song i like it better than the live version and wow yep and every compilation especially smashes thrashes and hits they re-recorded it on Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. It sounds fucking terrible. The bass line is totally different, and the song <laughs> sounds like crap. This version is my favorite. Um, and every time I hear it, I, I know it gets beaten into the ground, and I still enjoy listening to it. I don't I, – it, I just – it's one of those songs where I just – when it's on, I can't – I don't want to turn it off. I just – I want to keep of listening course. to it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It, it's just what, – what a oh, – it's just so good. So – I, I had a bad habit of thinking that night was spelled with N-I-T because of this stupid song. Um, oh, yeah. I, right? And um, yeah. you know, it goes back to how we started this album. Neil Bogart told them, um, you know, to get your um, – come up with an anthem. And that yeah. that advice, that them sitting down – and I think what it really can sum up everything about Kiss is you took Gene came up with the verse and Paul came up with the chorus yep. and the two of them put their minds together and made this together. Yeah. I think it just spells out Kiss right there. That's a quintessential Kiss thing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Gene and Paul working together came up with this and there is history. Yeah, Gene. And, Gene had a uh, he had a song written called "Drive Me Wild" that he never really did anything with, which is a uh, entendre or what do you want to call it? Uh, double double entendre. Yeah, yeah. Of, of 
fucking yeah. really. Yeah. Pretty much. And yeah. Yeah. And, um, like all of their songs are. Yeah. So, um, he took that and Paul came up with the, and just, you know, the chorus makes, I like the chorus obviously better than the live chorus. You know, what they did was they took all their friends. Yeah. Roadies, even Peter Chris's wife is in this, in the background singing it. And it's just done perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's that awesome. Where we read, they're talking about the zipper. Yeah, that's in Behind the Mask. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. I can't you? either. And I, I can't either. And I've tried to do that with my microphone. They're saying they're saying that when they had that when they had the whole group, there were people like, you know, um, it's like a it, it it makes like a zipper sound. There's people uh they would they were just like playing with, with his jacket, like one of their jackets, and they were just like kind of fucking around. I don't know how they think we're supposed to hear that, but whatever. It's mentioned it's mentioned in Behind the Mask, so I I, I didn't get it. No, I, I didn't hear it at all. So a cu- couple funny things about this song real, real quick. A couple personal things for me, at least with this song. Every time I hear this song, I think of the opening credits to Kiss Meets the Phantom. Really? Because when they're all like when when they're all like playing the instruments, they're superimposed over the carnival rides. You know, Peter's mm-hmm. around the thing and Gene comes up and, um, you know, and then the movie kicks in. Um, and then another thing, too. So we actually played this song at my wedding, okay? Mm-hmm. So when my wife and I met with the DJ before the wedding, we had like a list of songs we wanted to play and, you know, a couple, you know, whatever. And I told him, hey, I'm a huge Kiss fan. I want to play rock and roll all night. And he was like, Ugh. he's like, okay. You know, he wasn't really, he's like, okay. He's like, well, do, you know, whatever. He's like, that's fine. It's your wedding. So we played it at the end of the night. He saved it for the end of the night when everybody was kind of half cocked. And uh, everybody, even even people who weren't Kiss fans, everybody got out on the dance floor and just we're having a blast dancing, play, like dancing to it. And I'll never forget that DJ who was a like a family friend of my wife. He told her, he's like, do you know that after your wedding, I would throw that in at the end of the night at other weddings because it's a relatively popular song? Everybody loved it, even if they didn't ask for it to be played. He's like, it all of a sudden turned into like a wedding anthem, which kind of upset me because now I'm like, great. <laughs> now it's like the fucking chicken dance of Kiss songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But anyways. Yeah, that's funny you say that, that, yeah. that that happened. Yep. Is that on the Tom and Bridget CD that I still have? Uh, no, uh, actually, it might be. It, it could be. You had, uh, you guys had the uh, wedding CD you gave to all your guests, and I yeah. have it. Yeah. And um, the other day, when it was your last year, when it was your anniversary, I showed you. I still have it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's on there. Is it? I, I honestly don't know. That that shame, um, Tom. Shame. Exactly. Unbelievable. All right. So, anything else to say about that song before we move on to oh, rankings? Just, the one thing was that Gene had talked about like the quintessential I versus we, like the. Queen says, we will rock you. We have the power of one, one person. I will, will rock and roll. Like, like, yeah, that was stupid. That made, that, that, I think that was just him trying to differentiate himself or, from or another. Trying to like, just make it sound bigger and better. Like there was more meaning behind it. Dude, you wrote the song in 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you weren't thinking like that, but yeah, I know. I just, that's just Gene jumping in. Um, so one um, that that wraps up 
the songs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what we decide to do on every album is to rank them, the songs. Yep. And Tom, let's go. Number number 10. All right. This was really tough for me. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, this is on the Mount Rushmore of Kiss album, so it's, it's, it's hard. Um, number 10 for me is Ladies in Waiting. Um, I thought this was rather easy. Okay. 10 for me was anything for my baby. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing. It's not that bad of a song, number 10. Okay? Just so yeah. you know, for me. It's not. And that's my number 10. Okay. Um, number 9 okay. for me is your number 10, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. What's your number nine? Ladies, okay. okay. Number nine for me is Getaway. Okay, funny. That's it's, my number eight. Okay, all right. So, okay, so now, all right. So, my number eight is Anything for My Baby. <laughs> okay. So, so, so we're kind of on the same track on Bond 3. I, th- I think we both enjoy this album similarly. So, go ahead. So, number seven for you. The middle part was a toss up. Yes. Right? For me, and for and me as Four songs for me were a toss up, really. Yeah. I threw number seven as two timer. Me too. <laughs> six was she. Uh, six was room service for me. Five, five was rock bottom. Okay, I had she as five for me. And then four I had... Was, four was room service. Okay, and four was rock bottom for me. The top three, or the top three, I think we're going to have the same top three, obviously. But you see those those four songs? Yep. Honestly, they could go in any order. It just could be the mood. Exactly. Right? Oh, I agree. I, I mean, right now I have "Ladies in Waiting" as my number ten, but the next time I pull out "Dress to Kill," that could be the first song I listen to. You know, it's, it's, it's just, just those bottom three are in that tier, but they're not in the bottom circle of hell of Kiss songs. No, no, they're not. They're not in the uh, murder and high heels Thanks. bottom of Animalize. They're not that. Yeah. So then the next three, and this was kind of a toss-up. Uh, I put "Lover All I Can" as number three. Two. Number two, I, I have to do. I know where you went. I have to put "Come On and Love Me" as two because I had to put "Rock and Roll All Night" as my number one. Because no matter what, I always have to have that. It's like your firstborn. Zeus, okay. I did. Zeus, I did the exact same thing. Yeah, and I had oh, to really. I you did. put rock and roll night over. I don't. I never expected. No, no, and the and I'll tell you right now, the only reason I did it. Okay, Come On and Love Me is probably my number one or two favorite Kiss song. But if, you're gonna, but, but if you're going to rank these songs, and, I mean, what kind of Kiss fan would I be if Rock and Roll All Night was not number one? You just, you know what I mean? You just have to do that. So that's funny. We had almost the exact same top ten with a couple couple differences. couple differences, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just, I can't tell you. Um, I think those songs are just, yeah. How can I explain this? So what me and Tom decided to do is we're not going to go through every album the next our next episodes, and we're not going in order. However, what we're going to do is after we rank each song on an album, we're going to take what we reviewed for previous albums, and we're going to start putting these in order. Yep. As we go along. So that we're not going to be like every week going, oh, this album versus out. We're just going to say to you right now. So we've reviewed two albums so far. 
Right. We reviewed Animal Eyes and our second album, Dress to Kill. Tom, suspense. Uh, yeah. What well, album do you like better, Destroyer yeah. or Animals? Yeah. So obviously we're gonna, like Zeus said, we're gonna have a rolling a rolling ranking. So each each album review will kind of readjust the ranking. So obviously, obviously, Dress to Kill over Animal Eyes. I mean, come on. Yeah. If anybody out there has Animal Eyes ranked higher than Dress to Kill. I suggest that you stop listening to our podcast and throw yourself off a building. Okay. But other than that, go ahead. So what I was thinking though, is it's funny. If you took those two albums and said, make a top 10, I would say maybe (laughs) two songs. I would say hot. um, I would say between you and I, I would say um, heavens on fire would knock off anything for my baby. Maybe get all you can take can get in there too over ladies in waiting. Maybe, probably not. Heavens and Heavens on Fire would be the only song that would bounce out anything off that album, and it would probably be, probably be ladies in waiting or or yeah anything for my baby yeah. right yeah. So Maybe that- one song would be on there. Like if you could take ten songs from both albums, yeah, right on yeah, an exactly. island, you yeah, so, uh, probably yeah, only like- take Heavens on Fire. Yeah, it's not even close. That's how good. Dress to kill is exactly exactly right. man yep good so, stuff yeah no absolutely um so we've ranked them all the songs we've ranked it between animalizing that so um great job buddy so let's yeah. um let's uh, go over a few uh if we have any questions comments anything you want to go over anything you've received um yeah real quick we got like a a question observation comment from um Dave on Twitter, Facebook. That, that's more of a feedback on our last episode. You said, yeah, yeah, because because uh, our last episode we talked about the history of the lineups and the appearances, the makeup, the taking off the makeup, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, it's it was it was interesting because I've actually thought about this myself. Um, and he and he says if Kiss started off their career without ever having makeup costumes. What would their career have been? Would they would they be where they are right now, or would they have been like another? Would they have been two, three albums out and just been another classic rock band well, from the seventies? Like Aerosmith or something. I, uh, my opinion, I think they and and this pains me to say this, but you you can't take away the fact that their appearance in their live show put them on the map as to what in, in, why they're still touring in two thousand nineteen. I think if they came out with just jeans and leather jackets or t-shirts or whatever you want to call it they probably could have they probably would have ended up as like another fog hat or another an, another 70s rock band i hate to say Royce that but cult right exactly i hate to say that but you think think look at the trouble they were in after their first three albums with the makeup in the costumes and all the appearances it took that a live album and that that show and that recording to get them where they were so I don't know. Honestly, I'm with you on it. I know. I love the music, and I know that people say, oh, you kisses, that's why they're not that big. They shouldn't be the Rock or Hall of Fame. It's all about an image and stuff like that. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. What I think is if they didn't have the image in their stuff, they wouldn't have gotten noticed. Exactly. They'd be just like every other band that tried it out. Yep. You know, especially nowadays. Yep. No, you they wouldn't be seen. Just be another band, okay. Right. And, I th- and I think Paul and Gene knew that, which is why they said, 
we got to do something different. And a guy here. like Gene would probably be like, oh, I tried the music career, but, you know, he's a smart guy. I got to get, I guess I got to go back to school, become, you know, he was already a teacher and go back yep. and get a business degree or something. They yep. would be out of it in a couple of years and doing something else. Yep. And we'd be like, oh, you remember that band Kiss? They had a couple of good albums. Exactly. Like, that's what we'd be looking at. Yep. Because they never would have been able to continue doing what they're doing and get creative and have the flexibility if it wasn't for it. I don't think it's because they lack of talent. I just think, you know, they they wouldn't have had the intention. And with that, they can become themselves and become characters and become the show. And we get more into it. I, you know, that's a great. It's a great comment. Yeah. Uh, so good job, there, Dave. What do you got? So, <laughs> Bill on an email at shoutitoutloudcastgmail.com shoutitoutloudcastgmail.com uh, Bill on email asks do you guys ever paint your face when you see Kiss? <laughs> oh, this Let me tell you right the now The only time we ever painted our face was senior year at Stonehill College Tom was Gene I was uh, Peter uh, Murph was uh, Paul and McLucas was um, ace. That wrong, was it. wrong, wrong. I went to a Kiss concert. You did no, not. No, that's who. That's who we were. Oh, I know, no, no. But I'm saying that's you said, I said that. the only. Oh, you maybe me. I should have spoke for myself. That's exactly. the only time. I, I have. I can't believe you asked this. Or a bill. I can't believe this question came up because holy shit, do Let's I have a story? Bill a coin from the grave. Go ahead. I'll make. I'll make it quick. Uh, I went to a concert, and I went with right. my I went with my friend Dave, and I don't remember who else was with us. Okay, and I think it was at the Garden, or it might have been Worcester, wherever. And on the concourse, they had next to them. Next, was this was uh, I think this might have. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, yes, it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck was I? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. So near the near the merchandise area, they had people with stencils of the four band member designs, and they had like uh, like facial like spray paint. Okay, that they could, so they could paint your face like whoever you wanted. It took like two seconds, and it was free. They were doing it for free. Well, that sounds healthy. Okay, so thankfully, and I'll tell you why, Dave didn't do it. I did. Okay, I had my face painted like Gene. I had a couple beers. I'm like, ah, fuck it, whatever. It was cool. You just go, ah. So fast forward to the ride home from the show. I am, not making up this, I am not making up this story at all. This is fucking great. I, I haven't thought of this story in forever. So Dave's driving. I'm in the front passenger seat. Dave gets pulled over for speeding on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was drinking. <laughs> in the sidecar. <laughs> smash into the pole and everything. I'm trying to tell you I had a terrible accident. So I go, okay. So Dave's dealing, thank God he was sober. There was, no, there was just speeding. There was no no drunk driving or nothing. So Dave's dealing with the cop and I have my face and my body completely pivoted looking out the passenger side window because I am terrified of this cop seeing a guy painted like Gene Simmons in the front seat of the fucking car. And it was just, oh, what, what a, that's just so funny that you, so funny that you mentioned, did anybody ever get our face painted? Oh, what was, and Dave was what, speeding up and down and speeding all over? Speeding back to my baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, no, uh, that was, I've never painted my face. I don't anticipate myself painting it up again. Um, yeah, paint other each other up. <laughs> me and Tom were painting each other's up and our toenails and everything. So, yeah, good question, Bill. Yeah. So, um, how to get a hold of us? As I said earlier, you can you can email us at uh, shoutitoutloudcastgmail.com. Um, you can reach us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we are on all the platforms to listen to this podcast iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, Podomatic. Uh, what's the other one there? I'm forgetting one. Uh, what do we got? So we got, we got iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podomatic. Spotify. Thank yep. you. Yep. Yeah. So we're out there. We hope that you guys will uh, interact with us. As you can tell, we'd like to interact with you. So feel free. Uh, we'll put polls up. We try to get uh, you know topics going and discussion going online. Interact with us, guys. We love it. And um, Tom, anything else you want to add about us? Uh, well, are we doing uh, my final word here? Or no, we... no, no. I'm just saying about uh, online stuff, promotion, okay. anything well, like no, that. No, like you said, like like you, you know, interact with us. You know, like you said, we love we love to read questions. As you can tell at the at the end of each episode, you know, if you got ideas for topics or or a certain thing that you would like to hear us talk about on the show, we say it every episode. This is for, you know, this is not about us. It's about the band, and that's what we want to talk about. Um, so yeah, please stay involved, and we we love the involvement that we have so far. Yeah, no, I. Um... It's funny because I, you know, we I think we interact most of the time. Yep. Through Twitter. Yeah. Right. A little more so than um, than anything else. So you know, whatever whatever you guys think, whatever works for you, um, let's do it. So. And I hope you enjoy the long episodes such as these with the album reviews. Um, but we love it. Like you said, it's all about the band. You know, we want to talk. We want to talk Kiss. We want to. We want to go through these albums with a fine tooth comb like this. So, these are the good ones. No, I, I agree with you. Um, and uh, whatever we can do to, uh, you know, improve the show or get you guys involved, please let's do it, buddy. Yep, agreed. So, all right, buddy. What do you got? Well. In honor of Dress to Kill and my favorite Kiss song, you were distant, now you're nearer. I can feel your face inside the mirror. The lights are out, and I can feel you, baby, with my hand. Oh, poetry, poetry. Oh, I've had a rough day, Tom. Hard times got me down. Good times ain't around. <laughs> awesome stuff, dude. Till next time, everybody. Thank you. I'll see ya. And uh, to my daughter at home, peace out, Girl Scout.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 